Welcome to the Ship Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, May 3rd. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. Well, most of the yammering on the cable news channels this week was about William Barr's testimony relating to some stuff about Trump and Russia and stuff. I don't know anything about that, so I'm not going to talk about it. You're welcome. But there was plenty of political theater on the financial news channels. As the Federal Reserve's FOMC meeting was getting underway, President Trump was once again pressuring the central bank to cut interest rates. And now he's up the ante. A couple of weeks ago, he was stumping for a half percent cut. Now he wants a full percentage cut and an immediate resumption of quantitative easing. As Peter Schiff has pointed out several times, Trump is sending out extremely mixed messages here. On the one hand, the president says we have the best economy in the history of forever. But if that's the case, why do you need rate cuts? You should be normalizing rates if the economy is so great. Unless he's arguing that 2.5% is normal, which of course is absurd. Look, you can't have it both ways. Either the economy is awesome blossom, or else the Fed needs to intervene. Pick one, Mr. President. You know, it almost seems like Trump knows the economy is a great, big, fat, ugly bubble, and he wants the Fed to keep it inflated until election time. This was actually CNN's take. One of its reports said, it's no secret that Trump desperately desires to expend every effort to pump the stock market even further into record territory ahead of the 2020 election, irrespective of the long-term fallout from these economic policies, end quote. You know, it almost sounds like some CNN reporter understands the business cycle, but not really. Regardless, Trump did not get his wish. When it was all said and done, the Fed did, well, nothing. Basically, we're stuck in neutral. Now, as expected, the FOMC left interest rates unchanged, and it seemed to indicate it doesn't plan to do anything at all in the near term. During the post-meeting presser, Powell said, The committee is comfortable with current policy stance. Don't see a strong case for a rate move either way. Like I said, stuck in neutral. Powell reiterated that the economy is strong, as if he was going to say anything else. Most of the emphasis seemed to be focused on inflation. The CPI remains slightly below the Fed's 2% target. Powell said that the Fed suspects that transitory factors are at play when it comes to inflation, and that the central bank projects that it will return to 2% over time. So this is basically Powell's way of justifying, continuing the Powell pause, but leaving just enough wiggle room to pretty much do whatever it wants to do down the road. Now, you would think news that the Fed doesn't plan to get back on the rate hike train would have reassured markets. And you would think wrong. The price of gold initially pushed higher, but then fell Wednesday afternoon following the Fed meeting. It continued to drop on Thursday. We're at around $12.70 an ounce as I record this podcast Friday morning. The stock market was down almost 162 points on Wednesday and then fell another 120 points on Thursday. So here's the question. Why did the markets behave almost exactly like you would expect them to behave if there was a rate hike when there was no rate hike. You see, the problem is that Powell wasn't quite dovish enough. 
the markets were starting to think rate cuts this year. Powell seemed to nix that idea, at least for the time being, and stuck in neutral isn't enough for the markets. I want you to think back to the fall of 2018. The Fed was raising interest rates. It was talking about three rate hikes, maybe, in 2019. Balance sheet reduction, that was on autopilot. Then the air started coming out of the stock market bubble. Powell rode to the rescue with the Powell pause. It was a little shot of that easy money drug for the market. And it worked. We got a nice correction back up. But now, it's looking like that drug is starting to wear off. This is what Peter's been saying. The Powell pause was a temporary fix. It won't be enough. Just the hint that maybe the Fed won't cut rates. Hear what I'm saying now. Cut rates. That's enough now to make the markets jittery. In his latest podcast, Peter emphasized that while the markets seem to be getting nervous that we might not get rate cuts, we are going to get rate cuts. He said it's just a matter of time. There is no way the Fed is going to raise interest rates. It's going to cut interest rates. But for now, we're stuck in neutral. But I think at some point in the not-too-distant future, we're going to see that rate cut. If simply hinting it might not be coming did this to the markets, can you imagine what an actual rate hike would do? So it's probably not going to happen. And if CPI suddenly does start getting hot and the Fed does try to test the waters and maybe nudge rates up a little bit, well, that might just be the pin that pops the bubble. And when that happens, all bets are off. As far as gold goes, I think maybe it would be a good idea not to put so much emphasis on trying to read the day-to-day tea leaves the Fed tosses out there and focus a little bit on some fundamentals. And those actually look pretty good. Gold demand was up 7% year-on-year in the first quarter, according to the World Gold Council's Demand Trends Q1 2019 report that was released this week. Total global demand came in at 1000 53.3 tons, driven primarily by central bank buying, inflows of metal into ETFs, and strong demand for gold jewelry. This compares to a relatively weak first quarter last year when demand sank to a three-year low. Central banks added 145.5 tons of gold to their reserves in Q1. It was the strongest first quarter for central bank gold buying since 2013, and it exceeded the five-year quarterly average of 129.2 tons. As you might expect, Russia and China led the way, as those countries continue efforts to minimize their exposure to the U.S. dollar. But they weren't alone. Ecuador bought gold for the first time since 2014. Turkey continued to accumulate gold, and India added some more. The Reserve Bank of India began purchasing gold again in 2018 after a nine-year hiatus. Qatar and Colombia also bought gold during the last quarter. Gold-backed ETFs added 40.3 tons of yellow metal in Q1. Funds in North America and Europe saw healthy inflows, while Asian-based funds experienced slight outflows. Investment demand for physical metal was actually down slightly by 1.4% in the first quarter, pushed lower by a drop in demand for cold bars. This was primarily due to soft investor demand in China as that country's stock market surged. Japanese investors also took profits from a 14% rally in the local gold price between August 2018 and February 2019. 
But while gold bar demand was down 5%, the gold coin market had its best start since 2014, rising 12% year-on-year to reach 56.1 tons. Iran, Turkey, South Africa, the United Kingdom, and the United States accounted for most of this growth. India helped drive the demand for gold jewelry higher. Total demand was up by just over 530 tons. Indian demand accounted for about 125 of that. It was the highest level of gold jewelry demand in India since 2015. Demand for gold jewelry was also up in the U.S., increasing for the ninth consecutive quarter. It was up about 1% to 24 tons, ranking as the highest Q1 total since 2019. Demand for gold and technology was the only downer in this report. The use of gold in applications such as electronics, wireless, and LED lighting fell about 3%. According to the World Gold Council, trade frictions, sluggish sales of consumer electronics, and global economic headwinds hit the technology sector. Gold supply was virtually unchanged in Q1. Mine production grew fractionally to 852.4 tons. Now, here's another interesting bit of news on the supply side. Australian mines are running out of gold, according to a report by S&P Global Market Intelligence. Analysts say Australia sits poised above a, quote, production cliff. The country could slip from the world's second largest gold producer behind China to fourth by 2024. The Australia gold mining industry faces the same problem as South Africa's, aging mines. S&P Global Market Intelligence research analyst Chris Galbraith said Australia's biggest gold mines are getting older and not enough new discoveries are being made to replace them all. South Africa gold production has been in a similar downward spiral for several years. Although the country still ranks eighth in the world in gold production, it continues to rapidly fall down the list of leading producers. South Africa once led the world in gold production, but the country may run out of gold within four decades, according to the Environmental Economic Accounts Compendium published by South African Statistics Day. Analysts say that at current production level, South Africa only has 39 years of accessible gold reserves remaining. Some analysts have said we might be at or near peak gold. Now, that may or may not be the case, but even more conservative experts think we are heading toward shrinking production in the near to midterm. Now, whether or not you think we've reached peak gold, you should never lose sight of the most basic fundamentals in the gold market, that is supply and demand. Analysts say that the gold industry may well be entering a long-term and possibly irreversible period of less available gold. To learn more about these supply and demand dynamics in the precious metals markets and what the Fed's maneuverings could do to the gold market, talk to a shift gold precious metal specialist today. All you need to do is just call 1-888-GOLD-160. Well, that's a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and more, and keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week at shiftgold.com news. If you haven't done it already, you can subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap over at iTunes or on the Shift Gold YouTube channel. You'll find links for both of those on the show notes page. Again, we really appreciate you listening to the show, and I will talk to you again next time.